0: Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM Network. And you are joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me at the table, we've got none other than the one and only Matthew Smith, getting it done in the
1: studio this morning. Matthew, how are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling pretty excited because I am able to rock these socks that I was talking about yesterday oh well, oh what's oh hey
0: Oh, okay. Some, some, what are these guys called? The Royal Guard? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Dude, I love fancy socks. I always wear these socks, not always, but I've got a pair of socks that I wear occasionally when I preach and they've got like sushi on them. And then, you know, you get like, oh, nice socks. You know, what's the deal with those? And I'm just like, oh, you are what you eat. It's kind of always, (laughs) it's always funny. Like, like going to church is the perfect opportunity to wear cool socks. I feel like I dress too casually usually to, to pull stuff like that off. But then, yeah, you're wearing
1: like some nice formal clothes And then have some funky socks underneath It's it's cool bro. It's a conversation starter Because as I shared yesterday about the young lady That uses socks to uh, give us gifts to the elderly Yeah So my mate went to England uh, this year uh, Brother little Stretton mm. And he come back and he always gives gifts to his close mates and Oh he, be these socks, dude be.
0: that's so good Man you're styling on me but I'm not wearing any socks I'm in the studio this morning I'm, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt bro I'm as casual as it gets I'm actually wearing a wonderful beautiful Beautiful, stylish, big white FaithFM t shirts. Representing. So, guys, you can actually get some of our merch. If you head to our website, faithfm.com.au, you'll be able
1: to check that out. Get I've got, Faith like a, FM I've got like a in What's up? These socks I'm wearing because I ran out of socks.
0: Oh, okay. So, so you had other socks lined up, and you were like, but you're like, oh, I'm going to bust out the fancy socks today dude absolutely hey (laughs) i love that you're styling at us this morning in the studio matthew living your best life as we all are we hope and we pray that you are doing well as well as you listen to us on the breakfast show Coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking about how inventions become conventions. We're also going to be looking at some movements in, in well, amongst the lawmakers of the United States regarding anti-Semitism, and we're also going to be doing an amazing Bible study in Acts 17, finishing off that for the week. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And it has come time for our first question for the quiz in our final set of questions before we have our draw at 8.45 this morning. So give it to us,
1: Matthew. What is our first question for today? Gladly. So launching out with our first question of the day is this question. Psalms 36 says that people take refuge under the shadow of God's what? Ah, okay. Psalms 36 says that people take refuge under the shadow of God's what? Hey, if you know the answer to that one, one, zero
0: four nine one zero six four six six nine, you will go into the draw to win a morning and evening devotional. A morning devotional and an evening devotional. These are fantastic resources, and it's also amazing to have in your library, especially as the new year is about to start very soon. You'll be able to hey every single day have a resource that you can open up to, spend time with Jesus, praying with Him. Reflecting on his life and whatnot, we want to give this to you absolutely for free. But all you have to do is answer questions and hopefully correctly. But hey, an answer's an answer. Can you read that one for us one more time?
1: Love to. So, friends, in Psalms thirty-six says that people take refuge under the shadow of God's what?
0: All right, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text if you know the answer to that one oh yeah we got a text message yesterday after we signed off we were talking about languages and saying goodbye and particularly Ooh. Spanish got a text message in from Rosalia she wrote in say palam na in Filipino which is goodbye I believe it's yeah. it's see you later yeah. goodbye pa- So we-
1: palam's the shorter version of it Pal- All right. palam
0: so we'll, yeah. we'll I just wanted to recognise it now but we'll save it until the end of the show today okay. and we'll, we'll give people a, a little bit of a palam na you know a bit of a, a bit of a sayonara a bit of a uh, sayonara <laughs> Some uh, Au <laughs> some luego, you know, something like that. But hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we want to give a shout-out to Devonport in Tasmania, listening on 88.0 FM, getting the hearts as Tasmanians, producer, uh, especially producer Shell here in the studio this morning, who is an honorary Tasmanian. She's been brought into the fold even though. Have you ever lived in Tasmania? No, you're just married to a Tasmanian. Ah, that's. I guess that's enough, right? You're like, oh, it's enough to be married to one.
1: <laughs> hey, 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 hang on, I'm gonna pull you up, Lawson. There's something good in that Tasmanian. What, man. He's found a man in Tasmanian.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Shout out uh, <laughs> shout out Lyle Southwell and his manly Tasmanian nature. Hey, if you're from this area or oh, you've been there before, Devonport, Tasmania, 0491 064 669. Again, that's 0491 064 Six six nine is the number to give us a text.
1: But hey, Matthew, what is happening in the world of positively different news this morning? Yeah, there's some groundbreaking wearable device that takes ultrasound images of muscles during exercise for better diagnosis that... treatment.
0: Okay, okay, I feel like you said that in a very understated way. Okay, there is a wearable device. Yes. That... Is this like a watch or like a patch or... It's, it's a patch. Okay. And that can immediately detect
1: muscle injuries. I have a feeling you've seen this before. I have. No, 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 no.
0: I'm just yes. shocked because muscle injuries... Uh, can be incredibly difficult to determine and to diagnose. That's right. That's correct. And there is usually, I mean, you can like through movement and whatnot and touching and and everything like that. But in terms of exactly what's going on, typically people go and get ultrasounds or x-rays or whatever it may be. I know that I I did a, uh, what's the word? I did a fracture to my ankle where you pull the tendon off the bone. I forget Ooh. the exact word of it. Last year, I did that. I, I was playing basketball and someone stepped me, and I rolled my ankle, which was super embarrassing—literal an ankle breaker. And yeah, I'd like to determine what was wrong, I had to go and get an X-ray. But you're saying that there is a patch, yes, that people put on their body,
1: anywhere on their body,
0: and it can immediately detect whether they have a muscle injury.
1: I definitely am so for instance this particular gentleman named Parag Chitnis of uh-huh. George Mason University him and his team have developed a patch that uses no not the technology from your you know smartwatch mm-hmm. its technology of actually it's actually utilizing ultrasound it uses ultrasound to be able to detect uh, anything that seems seems to be going wrong with you f- physically in terms of muscular or skeletal injuries. Mm. Now, that's a game changer for those who go to the gyms, but also it's a game changer for those who are involved in high-performance sports. So, for instance, injury, unfortunately, as uh, you have shared with me, uh, being an, an athlete, elite athlete in your motor <laughs> biking career. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Can you imagine picking up on an injury as you're exercising yeah. beforehand that's so you amazing. don't exacerbate it during an actual sporting event? Yeah, that's incredible. It, it, it's it's so good. Even for us who go to the gyms, we may do something go, oh, I don't know, I've got a twinge. And that can detect whether it's serious or whether it can be just mended at home. Mm. So, yeah, it's come from this particular gentleman and he has a comment about it. Um, and I'm quoting him. He says, for instance, when an individual is performing a specific exercise for rehabilitation, our devices can be used to ensure that the target muscle is actually being activated and used correctly. Mm-hmm. Other applications include providing athletes with insights into their physical fitness and performance, assessing and guiding recovery of motor function in stroke patients, and assessing balance and stability in elderly populations during routine everyday tasks. And so I think that's a mm-hmm. real, real, real cool uh, game changer. You know, what's good about this technology too, it's going to be cheaper you don't have to go to doctors for anything expensive, so you've got to use a CT scan if you can't get that written off by Medicare Mm. and what have you. So it's something that's going to be made affordable, and that's the whole idea between these guys, their team, and their approach. And I've got a Mm. verse that really kind of highlights uh, that pretty cool fact that you see inside of you. And it's this one from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees, for well, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Mm, absolutely, dude, that's fantastic, and
0: I, I I think that's incredible technology that has been has been uh, has been showed there because it's again, uh, and I love the Bible verse application too. But this is so, this is really like if we were like fifty years ago, and they're like, we're gonna walk on the moon, and. Uh, well, we did that 50 years ago. But furthermore, like, it's like 50 years ago when they walked on the moon it was like, we're going to have a school bus to the moon. And then after that, they're like, and we know that that didn't come true today because it's kind of, kind of crazy and a bit, bit high expectations. Uh, it's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to take a school bus to the moon. And then like, oh, and you can put a patch on your body and it immediately tells you your muscle injury. Like, this is like living
1: in the future today. Like, that is just incredible. But yeah, oh, amazing stuff. So I do have another story on UFOs and in terms of uh, a convention centre being changed into one. It's, it's mm. in China. And they do that to highlight the theme of uh, science fiction. There are be oh, science yeah, fiction okay. fans over yeah. there. And uh, I was going to share a lot about it, but uh, knowing that we've got a programme, I will just share what I can. So basically, they designed this convention centre to look like a UFO. Mm. And I was just thinking, you know, UFO sightings are a big common thing today. That in fact, did you know in America, they have said there's been about five five hundred and ten reported sightings as of this year alone. Wow, yeah. of
0: unidentified flying objects unidentified like spaceships objects. and stuff. Absolutely, yeah, hectic.
1: So, yeah, so I was thinking, hey, how can this you know be something that could uh, attract our listeners? Well. The Bible does say something uh, about what's going to be in the sky, and it's not going to be enemies. It's going to be friends eventually. Mm. And um, there's a book that can tell you all about that, which is called The Real Truth About UFOs and the New World Order oh. Connection. And they're tying it to actually New Age beliefs. And you mm. know what New Age means, in it's basic. Mm. Uh, do you, Lawson? Oh, it, well, it's essentially like New Age is what I assume is modern
0: spiritualism,
1: essentially. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's an alternative belief. Mm. And so the enemy's out there trying to distract our... Uh, you know, our uh, people on this planet, it'll be looking in the other direction instead of looking up. Like Danny mm. would say, go to his looking up channel <laughs> to find out. Yeah, more.
0: looking up on the yeah. Danny Bellicom and Charissa Fogg and the, uh, Charissa Tresing, I should say, on the looking up show. Absolutely. There but, but yeah, no, I, f- I feel that. And I think that, you know, those sentiments, particularly through popular media, what dot of, oh, invaders from outer space, you know, this kind of thing. But in, in reality, like we look up and we look forward to, sin
1: return of Christ. We do, we do. And I just want to finish on some cool verses about what's actually going to happen at the end of this age. Mm. Revelation 1-7 says, Behold, he's coming with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. For as lightning, this is one in Matthew 24 and verse 27. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And this last mm. one, For the Lord himself will ascend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and even the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive remain uh, and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And mm. for shall we, we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another for these words. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: Well, uh, we're going to have Danuta in next week. She's just been off gallivanting, living the best life, you know, getting things, various things done. But hey, give us our next quiz question, if you could, Matthew. Yeah, gladly. So what
1: book comes between Jonah
0: and Nahum? Oh, simple one there, but just about the, the it's not necessarily asking any deep questions about chronology or Mm-mm. or anything like that. It's just, hey, in the Bible, there's a list of books. What book comes between these two books? I suppose
1: the only real challenge would be, it's a minor prophet, not one of your major common Book. Sure, so sure. you'll be fiddling around in there. That's to right. Out for a,
0: we usually yeah, encourage you, if you're a regular church attender, have a real guess, you know, or, or if you don't know it, be like, okay, I think it's this. If you're not a regular church attender, if you don't go to church every week, we also, you know, encourage you, crack open the word, have a little look-see in there and send us in a correct answer. But again, that number, zero four nine one zero six four six six
1: nine. I can read that again too. So what book comes between Jonah... And Nahum. Mm,
0: absolutely. And you go into the draw for our prizes for this week. We've got a morning devotional and an evening devotional which we want to give to you so that you can start twenty twenty four off right, and that is in God's word and I love these devotional books in particular because they bring out some of the themes of the Bible whatnot and they direct you as to oh you know what what should I look at what should I get into today really really powerful stuff hey zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text and this next story I'd love to hear some opinions about and it's about global politics and what should our response be in the countries that we live in, particularly, well, at the moment, the, the, the talk of the town in regards to global politics is obviously Israel and Palestine, Hamas, you know, these kinds of things. And the reason I want to talk about this is actually because of something that's taking place in the United States at the moment, which is that there was a Republican led house committee that summoned the leaders of Harvard, like Harvard university, uh, Penn State, or the University of Pennsylvania, and MIT. You know, some of the most famous, like, universities, the highest-end universities in the United States.
1: Wow, like, the impression I'm getting, you know, why do they need to resort to these leaders? I guess they feel the leaders have something of, you know, high kind of uh, problem-resolving solutions to give. the reason they've summoned them is because
0: there, well, there has been an overabundance of anti-Semitism that has been taking place on these campus due to protests and whatnot. Now, before I get into this, I want to say very clearly that here at The Breakfast Show, we are not... Zionists. Yeah. Uh we do not believe and unlike maybe many evangelicals and even American foreign, foreign policy makers at times we do not believe in the restoration of the physical Nation of Israel yeah. before the end of time. We do not believe in supporting the rebuilding of a third temple so yeah. that Jesus comes back. We do not subscribe to this version of theology. We are not dispensationalists, yeah. and so we'll get that out of the way straight up. Like, because there are people who have theological reasons to go like, oh, we need to give overwhelming support to the Israelite nation or the Israeli nation so that they can reestablish the temple so that Jesus come back. No, no, no. We don't. We don't believe that theologically. We don't believe that religiously, but we do believe in tolerance yes. and love towards people groups, uh, and we we are fully against you know death. And we look at the war in Israel as a terrible tragedy, and the deaths that have happened as a result there. You know, particularly we, we look at those the the conflict that has happened October seventh, obviously when Hamas um, attacked, uh, launched a surprise attack, and you know, 1,200 people, Israeli people, died. In response, uh, there has been, you know, in the Gaza Strip, and and as a result of the conflict, roughly 15,000 deaths have occurred since then. And it's a massive tragedy. Like, we, we look at this incredibly sad, what's taking place there. And obviously, those deaths have come, and, and it's no secret, like, those deaths have come as a result of the response that the Israeli military campaign have, have given to Hamas and the attack that happened on October 7. Awful things happening in the Middle East. We can see that, we can identify that, and we would love nothing more than for the war to stop there.
1: Absolutely. Like you said, um, Lawson, we don't believe uh, uh, that, um, that because of these situations, we don't take a, like a stance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the main reason is we don't believe in conflict. Yeah, yeah, but we don't believe in war.
0: Yeah. And we are especially amongst Christians and especially amongst Seventh Day Adventists, we have a history of um conscientious objective. Okay. We believe in justified wars, we believe in responding to attacks, but we would rather see war diffused. That's right. Now, this all being said, in the United States at the moment, particularly amongst the young population and amongst younger demographics, particularly in universities, there have been this has sparked lots of protests that like Protests have been in the United States are often getting out of hand and leading to to violence. I think, you know, back to 2020, uh, BLM, these kinds of things. And and you can say whether these protests are right or not. I, I also believe in protesting. I'm a Protestant, you know, oh, we're, we're Protestants it's in the We believe in protesting. We believe in standing up to tyranny, like all of these things, but we're also, <laughs> we're not Marxist as well. We don't believe in, in eating the rich or overthrowing the bourgeoisie. Like we believe in peace uh, more than anything else. And it's, it's unfortunate that as a result of this conflict in in Israel, the overwhelming sentiment amongst young people has been that Israel is a, is a bully attacker, which isn't a sentiment that you can have, but that has led to pro- protests that on these campuses have led to a great deal of anti-Semitism and a lot of Jewish students feeling unsafe. Now, there's been a bunch of testimonies that have come out about this, and in this Senate hearing that they were having in the House of Representatives, uh, they were questioning the leaders of these universities, like, why aren't students being punished or you know being reprimanded for this anti-semitism and you might be like oh what are they saying that's anti-semitism is it are they just saying that they don't agree with israel but then there there has been some rhetoric shared and honestly some vitriol that's uh, akin to that there should be a genocide against israeli people and whatnot and it's because and they're like oh the israelis are the bullies so we should just go and kill them all and stuff like this is very hectic stuff and this is something that also came to my attention, actually in a phone call that I had recently. I have a really good friend who lives in the United States. She attends a university in Massachusetts, a prominent, uh, university there that is very high end. It's a, it's a very liberal college, very high up in the arts space. And she tells me, she's like, I, Walk around campus and just have people constantly, like, everywhere I look is Jews are evil, Jews are evil. She herself, she is a, like, she's ethnically Jewish. She's pretty secular. She's not uh religious. But everywhere she walks around, she's like people of... The Jewish race are evil people. If you support Israel, you're in, and not in terms of like saying like, oh yeah, Israel should kill all of him, you know, kill all the Palestinians. But if you're like, if you share any pro-Israeli sentiment of like, oh, I, I think that Hamas, the Hamas attack in October seven was bad, like you're immediately ostracized and attacked, you're and evil. Uh, you're you're a, bad, you're a bad, person, bad person, especially for her as a Jew, and, and she's looking at it honestly as well. She's very secular, very secular, but then at the same time, she's like. And by the way, all of these people who are supporting Hamas would be killed by Hamas. Like again, LGBT for Hamas and these kinds of groups. I'm like, you do realize that Hamas hates you. Exactly. Like they hate you. They want nothing to do with you. Yet you are blindly in support of these people and now willing to attack and ostracize Jewish American students. Mm. For saying, Hey, I don't think that the Hamas terror, terrorist attack was a good thing. Like, like literally it is, it is categorically terrorism, whether you could say, Oh, this is in response to bullying or whatever. Like, yeah, we understand. Like, this is a bad situation and peace should be brought about. But why are we now attacking Jewish students? And why is there now? And again, in the, in, in the most prominent. Uh, education institutions in the world. Why is it letting slide that students can just go around and saying, "Oh, we should kill all the Israelis, and we should, you know, there should be genocide against them"? Like this is some of the vitriol and some of the rhetoric that is coming out of these protests. Again, from. Like LGBT groups and left wing tolerance groups, and they're like, "Oh, if you're a Jew, you're an evil, bad person." I'm like, "How does this happen?" I call it selective marginal marginal uh, marginalization. marginalization. Wow, that's that's a really powerful insight, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Like selective marginalization, wanting to feel like a victim while sino- simultaneously oppressing others, and I think it's a really sad state. And I think it goes to show, you know, because this this kind of language can often come against christians at times you know uh like particularly yeah just in in different spaces and whatnot but hey look what we are ultimately seeing is that there is a great deal of hatred in our world and a great deal of evil in our world, no matter what side it's coming from. And at times it's been Christians who have propagated that. And I, I think back to the t- church, crusades. the dark ages and the crusades, uh, at the, you know, at times it is extremists and religious extremists. At times it is left wing extremists, you know, people who preach tolerance, but then treat people this way. It's, it's a really awful thing. And all we can do, as you said in your last segment, is look towards Christ. Like he is the pinnacle of morality he's the pinnacle of tolerance he is the pinnacle of love and I it, it will serve us well to look towards him as as a model for what it looks like to actually love people which is to lay down your life for them and to go the extra mile for them You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on faith FM positively different. And we have an amazing interview coming up with Jeremy Dixon all about oh, one of my favorite aspects of just life in general, but also Christmas. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, before we get into that, let's have our next quiz question.
1: Okay, friends. Jesus gave the parable of the sower while he sat, A, by the seaside, B, on a mountainside, C, in the temple, or D, in the gate of the city. Mm. So, Jesus gave the parable of the sower while he sat. Is it A, by the seaside? B, on a mountainside? C, in the temple? Or was it D, in the gate of the city? Mm. You got a one in four chance to win it. Mm, I hate it. To win it.
0: That's right, 0491-064-669. Again, amazing prizes for this week, morning and evening devotionals. But hey, it's A, B, C, or D. By the seaside, that was A. B on the mountainside, C in the temple, or D in the gate of the city. And again, that question was, where did Jesus uh where Jesus gave the parable of the soil while he sat. Where? Hey, 0491 064 669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And we're getting a little bit more lighthearted in the studio with none other than Jeremy Dixon on the phone. Jeremy, are you there with us? I'm here. Oh, we are absolutely stoked to have you, Jeremy. Again, getting into one of our favorite topics, which is food, cooking, cooking, eating, like, it's it's awesome. I am so into it. And today we are talking about cookies, which I need some advice because I have been tasked with making cookies and gingerbread houses and stuff for my family Christmas on, you know, coming up soon. So I need some advice, Jeremy. We're we're, we're making cookies. We're making them healthy. We're making them tasty. Where are we going to go?
2: Yep. Good question. Yeah. so, So just firstly, a disclaimer, I'm not actually a baker as such. -hmm. Um, But I have assembled some kind of, some really kind of healthy cookies. I think taste really, really good. So Mm. kind of my kind of is more on that side. Because most cookies, if you look at the standard mainstream cookie recipe, and and no offense to people who like these, but pretty much just full of uh, white flour, white sugar, um, and butter. Huge amount of those Mm -hmm. ingredients. Um, So I've kind of developed a few kind of recipes that um, are a lot healthier and probably
0: won't give you a heart attack. Oh, praise God! Hey, that's that's like literally, you can eat lots of cookies and not have a heart heart attack. That is a win, absolutely. So give us give us some insight there, and and I think I'd I'd love to hear your philosophy behind it as well. It's you know because cookies generally, I think of butter, sugar, flour, you know, chocolate, those kinds of things. What are, what are some of the ingredients that you're replacing and, and how are you making cookies in a way that is healthy yet tasty as well?
2: Yeah, so I've, so I've got a few recipes I'll share with you. But before we go, the kind of general you know, principles I kind of work with is obviously using your whole grains. Things like, for example, oats are a really good starting point. Um, mm. They kind of are you know, super healthy. They're not processed. So Oats are a really good one of the good ingredients to use. Mm. Um, also, from a sweetness point of view, you, know, you can use things like dried cranberries and uh, date syrup or honey. <sighs> Um, rather than um, you know, rather than sugar, so there's a, some mm. great healthy healthier sweeteners out there. Yeah. Um. And and instead of butter, you can add things like um, you know, for example, nuts or coconut and things like that. So there's some other kind of you know kind of that. That kind of little bit of fat in there to kind of give a little bit
0: of um, mouthfeel as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, this sounds fantastic. I I have come to really love date syrup, date syrup. I'm also a huge maple syrup fan as well, and they're like I've found they're really fantastic replacements replacements for just putting straight up white sugar and whatnot in there. So okay, this is awesome. This is this okay. This is our this is the bedrock that we've established here. <laughs> Oats, you know, date syrup, these kinds of things as well as coconut. Oh, I love coconut too. So then we're like, all right, got our base ingredients. Let's assemble some cookies. Let's put some stuff together. What are we looking at, Jeremy?
2: Yeah, so the first recipe is out of my uh, cookbook six, and it's cranberry and pistachio Florentine, Oof. Um,
0: Oof. which really kind of my dude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, to make this and one of the one of the starting points of this recipe is you, you do need to bind them. So um okay. so a really good binder is actually flax seeds or linseeds. Mm-hmm. So to start with you basically get some hot water and uh, some ground flax seeds and you kind of mix it together and see those sit for about ten minutes and it turns into a gel. Mm-hmm. And then you mix this with um, fine rolled oats, So some coconuts, some date puree, some honey, and some finely chopped pistachio nuts and some cranberries and sultanas. Mm. And you basically make a really nice mixture out of this. Mm. And so it just becomes like a doughy, oaty kind of mixture. And the linse- linseed gel kind of sticks together nicely. Um, and then you just pretty much roll them into balls, uh, put them on a baking tray with uh, obviously a bit of baking paper underneath, and then squash them down into really thin kind of cookies. And uh, cook them for 10 minutes at 180 degrees. And you've got some really, really nice, um, Nice cookies, and what I like to do is like do like I quite often like to do like a little drizzle on top of them, like get mm. some some carob or cacao powder and some water, um, and just kind of do a little bit of a drizzle over as well, so you can kind of get a, a chocolatey effect um, with some of those products as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love Florentines because of like the flakiness of them, and just yeah. you know how they. Oh, I, I really really enjoy that texture, and so and I'm looking at some some recipes now, and it's like Florentines with chocolate on top. And so we're basically doing the same thing but the incredible tasty healthy version of that. So that's that's amazing. Exactly. Oh, dates as well. Um, incredible. Hey, uh, and pistachios too. Dude, we're we're kicking goals already. All right, <laughs> what's what's another what's another go-to for you coming up at Christmas time? For my
2: football cake, I've got uh, some really nice soft peanutty chalk oat cookies. Oh, these kind of be oh, for your chocolate fan. Yeah. And uh, it's really simple basically one cup of peanut butter. Um, half a cup of coconut sugar, um, quarter of a cup of raw cacao powder, quarter of a teaspoon of salt, one and a half cups of fine rolled oats, mm-hmm. half a cup of water, and a quarter of a cup of sliced almond. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously just really healthy whole food ingredients there. And again, just, just, um, just mix it up, put it together, and oh, there's a bit of flaxseed gel as well. Mm-hmm. So two mm-hmm. tablespoons of flax seeds with some hot water. Um, again, and basically, um, yeah, basically mix that up. Um, form into balls, put it on a baking tray with some baking paper. These are quite nice where you use kind of a fork to push them down because you get kind of quite a nice little texture on the top. Mm -hmm. And again, cook them for 20 minutes at 180. And you've got some really nice kind of peanutty, chocolatey kind of cookies as well.
0: Mm. You said that you use flaxseed gel there. Now, I have seen and I've also personally like been a part of trying to make, you know, dairy-free healthy cookies before and oh a dairy free like vegan and unfortunately they're like although i like a flaky you know florentine sometimes when you're trying to make cookies they're without the milk without the egg you don't get that consistency and that that strength and that binding that's there is it the flaxseed gel and whatnot that helps keep that together
2: it, it does help Again it's not going to solve every problem But it will mm. help But this particular recipe for example The peanut butter works really strongly as well mm. So oh, wow. the peanut
1: butter is probably the thing that sides most of the binding So that nut butter is a really good binder as well So Jeremy, um, Matthew here, good morning um, Hello you talk, um, Yeah it's Matthew here Just wanted to share You just talked about uh, flaxseed as a binding um, agent Now I've heard, correct me if I'm wrong Can chia seeds be used as a binding agent as well?
2: Yes, definitely. Yep, chia seeds are great—they gel up as well, so they're brilliant. Um, I generally use flax seeds more, having as much experience with chia chair seeds. But yeah, they, they, they do a sort of similar um, do a similar job as flax seeds. They kind of go quite gel which um, which helps in recipes.
0: Oh, dude, yum as bro. Okay, so we've got our florentines, we've got our peanut butter cookies. What else are we providing at the Christmas lunch?
2: And this is one I often do at cooking demonstrations and they're so popular and so easy. Amazing. Um, is poppy seed lemony macaroons. Oof. Wow. So they're perhaps not technically <laughs> cookies, but they're pretty close. Um, and this is just a uh, long thread coconut, almond flour, maple syrup, lemon juice, lemon zest and poppy seeds. Um, you just put those ingredients in a bowl, mix them around and then you just, um, you can you make any shape you want, but it's quite nice just to use like a, um, like a, basically, like even just make a, a round, a round shape and then just kind of squash them down a bit. And then mm. you bake them for 15 minutes and uh, they are really lovely. this; come kind of lemon yeast and the lemony flavor and the sweetness and the coconut. Um, and you bake them quite small. These are not big biscuits because obviously they're mm. quite, quite deep, quite, um, you know, they've got a, quite, um, you know, a dense type thing. But you can mm. make little zoe macaroons and they're just are really amazing.
0: That's that dude that sounds fantastic. I actually got a text message coming through here from David from a real place of conviction I, I share some of his convictions here he's a plant-based vegan and he says can you use golden syrup instead of bee honey uh, you know to, to just use no animal products whatsoever
2: um, you, can, you can't use can anything I mean there's so many different options depending on what we, where you sit on things
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I don't profess to be a major major external syrup. Uh, my, my favourite, golden syrup's pretty close to sugar, it's quite processed, so mm. my, my, probably my four favourite sweeteners would be probably date syrup, mm. um, maple syrup, agave, mm. um, and coconut sugar would probably be my top four, um, in terms of being kind of pretty, pretty healthy,
0: yep. and
2: they, you don't sacrifice too much, um, flavour or whatever, so yeah. um, that would be my top four.
0: Yeah, that's right. Generally, golden syrup is the kind of synthetic replacement of those kinds of, uh, those kinds of, you know, syrups and those kinds of, uh, sweeteners and whatnot so definitely for me anyway usually i'm i'm a maple syrup guy through and through that would that'd be the way i'd go and yeah it it would work i usually actually if there's a like a milkshake or something and it's like put some honey in it i'll usually put maple syrup in not because i don't like honey but because i love maple syrup so much and it just hits that sweet spot as well and
2: the important thing when you're buying maple syrup is a lot of the maple syrups in the supermarket is actually just sugar syrup with a bit of maple flavouring so, right. and they make the bottles look identical so it's really hard to spot I've often bought the wrong one accidentally so mm. make sure you're actually getting maple syrup not maple flavoured sugar syrup absolutely so uh, yeah analyze your bottles
0: Awesome! Hey, we've got a couple minutes left, Jeremy. Are there any golden, incredible recipes that you want to share with us, or some <laughs> insights or whatnot?
2: Well, I've got a really, I've got a really, I've got one on the super healthy end and the super quick end.
0: Oh, and amazing. this is
2: the two ingredient soft banana and oat cookies. Oh.
0: So okay, two ingredients, ingredients. You already cookies. said banana and oats, so I'm assuming that's what goes into it. Yep, you're pretty,
2: pretty clever there. You've picked them already. <laughs> so, just basically just two ripe bananas. And one and a half cups of fine oats. That's all it is. Just mash the bananas up and mix them with the oats, uh, form them into balls and cook them for about 15 minutes at 180 degrees, and you have got soft banana and oat cookies. And uh, obviously well, not so we're not going to have the, the super chocolatey, pistachio, cranberry of the other ones, mm. but they're actually pretty good tasting cookies and really good for kids, super healthy, super quick, and uh, on the healthy end, uh, you'll be surprised how good they taste, for just oats. And
0: banana. Yeah, I love that too, how you said super healthy for kids. I mean, definitely from a parent's point of view, and I know we're using more natural sweeteners and whatnot, but there always is that potentially, you know, having kids maybe with some, some struggles with you know sugar intake in terms of the way that it affects their brains or hyperactive or whatever it may be to go, hey, we've got a version of this. It's yum and it's tasty and it's natural and it kind of moves away from that sweetness a little bit. That's that's fantastic Like because, I mean, anyone can eat it unless you're allergic to oats or banana, which, I mean, yeah, then, then you can't eat it anyway. But, oh, man, that's, that sounds fantastic. Hey, I've got another text message coming in here from Suzanne. She says, I've discovered rapadura sugar lately very similar to coconut sugar. Have you used that one before?
2: Uh, to be honest, I haven't actually had any experience with that sugar, but I must uh, look it up. Mm. Um, but there are some really cool sugars and, and things coming on the market these days, and to get, in the last five years, there's just such an amazing abundance of some of these um, alternatives. Mm. You kind of got to look, be careful when you're when you're researching them, because for every ingredient, you'll find five web pages that tell you it's going to cause you to die. So you kind <laughs> of got to take um, take take um, stuff you read on the internet with a grain of salt. Sure, um, but yeah, but. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, you've got to be uh, got to be careful and do your own research on those things. So that, that could work, if I'm not sure.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. Hey, Jeremy, we've just got one minute left. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Well, I've got a question. Uh, oh, no, I suppose
2: oh. cookies. Cookies are a really good thing to um, you know to give out to people. You know, they're a really good gift, But you kind of get some nice cellophane or some some wrapping or some boxes and. Um, box them up and give them to your neighbours. There's nothing like the love, you know, you can obviously go to the shop and buy some chocolates and give them to people, but there's nothing like actually home baking stuff, for sure. wrapping them up, putting a nice little bow around them and give them to your neighbours. Um, there's nothing like that, that love of actually giving home baked stuff mm. to people. Absolutely. It just really shows people they love them. So it's a really great um, outreach or mission thing to do for your neighbours is to make your own cookies and, and wrap them up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us this morning to talk about all things cookies. And oh, man, I'm, look, you guys can, if you need this interview, you can head over to faithfm.com.au, go and check out the podcast there. We'll have this interview uploaded. I'm taking notes and I'm going to be ready for this Christmas, dude. I am going to be, I'm going to be the talk of the table. I'm going to bring out the best cookies because of this. So, hey, thank you so much, Jeremy.